Today's scripture reading is Psalm 105, verses 1 through 6, and Psalm 106, verses 1 through 8. Psalm 105, verses 1 through 6. O give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples, sing to him, sing praises to him, tell of all his wondrous works, glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Remember the wondrous works that he has done, his miracles and the judgments he uttered. O offspring of Abraham, his servant, children of Jacob, his chosen ones. Psalm 106, verses 1 through 8. Praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Who can utter the mighty deeds of the Lord or declare all his praise? Blessed are they who observe justice, who do righteousness at all times. Remember me, O Lord, when you show favor to your people. Help me when you save them, that I may look upon the prosperity of your chosen ones, that I may rejoice in the gladness of your nation, that I may glory with your inheritance. Both we and our fathers have sinned. We have committed iniquity. We have done wickedness. Our fathers, when they were in Egypt, did not consider your wondrous works. They did not remember the abundance of your steadfast love, but rebelled by the sea at the Red Sea. Yet he saved them for his name's sake, that he might make known his mighty power. This is the word of the Lord. Hey, Park Church, so good to see you. We miss you so much. I hope you're doing well. Uh, we cannot wait to see you face-to-face again. Uh, my name is Chris. I'm one of the pastors here at, at the church, and it is my privilege to open up God's Word with you today. Uh, today we are continuing on in our summer series that we're calling Christ in the Psalms, and today we find ourselves looking at two psalms, and those psalms are Psalms 105 and Psalm 106. And that means, uh, that may seem like a lot that we're taking two Psalms in one sermon, and it absolutely is a lot. Uh, There's actually 93 verses between the two Psalms. So obviously we won't be looking at every Psalm or every verse in the Psalm. Uh, But the reason we're gonna be looking at those two Psalms together uh, is because they are meant to be read together. Uh, They're really telling the same story which is the story of God's steadfast love towards his people, but with two very different emphasis and perspectives. Uh, But before we jump in, why don't we pray together? Father God, we love you. We thank you that though we love you, you first loved us. We know that we could never express love or gratitude towards you if you had not taken the initiative towards us. And so God, we praise you. We thank you for that. And now, God, in this moment, as we open up your word, we long to hear you. We long to hear your word. We ask that you would speak to us by the power of your spirit through your word. God, give us ears to hear uh, exactly what we need to hear individually and then what we need to hear corporately as a church. And God, we pray this in Jesus' mighty name. 
Amen. Amen. Well, there's something that is incredibly powerful and transformative about remembering. Uh, I experienced this about two months ago. Uh, I traveled to Tennessee to spend a few days with my grandfather uh, who was passing away and he actually has since passed. Uh, and it was a really beautiful time uh, and difficult time and sad time all rolled up together as we were sitting around with him and other family members reminiscing and remembering all the stories of our shared history uh, as a family. Again, it was a time of healing and sadness uh, all wrapped up together. And what I have realized since, especially as I've been studying Psalms 105 and 106 to be prepared for this message, is that there is real power in remembering. It, it plays a massive role in how we understand ourselves how we understand our families, how we understand our community, our world. In many ways, we are actually a product of what we remember about ourselves. And that's probably why the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, started off all of his epistles in the New Testament by talking about what God has done for us known as the gospel, what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. And then about halfway through, he normally switches really quickly. Now, based on what Jesus has done for us, live this way, right? You, you can see it for yourself. Go back and read Paul's writings and, and you'll see it for yourself. The, the point is, as we remember the gospel, we are more and more shaped into the image of Jesus. And that just reveals again, the transformative power of remembrance. Uh, it, it was uh, Rene Descartes who uh, was the philosopher from the 1600s who said, I think, therefore I am. Famous for that statement. However, more biblically, I think it could be said, I remember, therefore I am. And we actually see the power of remembrance illustrated for us here in Psalms 105 and 106. These Psalms are known as the Psalms of Remembrance. And I think you'll see by the end of this passage how powerful our memories can be, both in a positive sense and also in a negative sense. So let's first start with Psalm 105. What is it about? What is Psalm 105 about? Well, here's what it is. It's a call to remember God's steadfast love for his people. Notice that starting in verse 1, and we'll read through verse 7. Let's read together. Psalm 105, beginning in verse 1. The psalmist says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Tell of all his wonderful work, wondrous works, glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Remember the wondrous works that he has done, his miracles and the judgments he uttered. O offspring of Abraham, his servant, children of Jacob, his chosen ones. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all all the earth. Now, as we were reading, did you see all of the commands for God's people regarding how we are to respond because of God's love and faithfulness in our lives? Did you see them? 
Let's go back real quickly. Look at verse 1. There are three commands. Uh, The command was to give thanks. Uh, Another command, call upon his name. Make known his deeds. Then verse 2, a few more commands. Sing praises to him. Tell of his wondrous works. Verse 3 says, glory in his name. That's actually a command. To glory in his name and rejoice. There's a command there to rejoice. Verse 4, two more. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence. And then in verse 5, you see the key to all of those commands, how we can actually do those. Verse 5, the command is to remember the wondrous works he has done. Now, do you see how impossible it is to fulfill all of those commands if we don't first remember? That's why I said remembrance in verse 5 is the key to those other commands. In other words, let me explain it. We aren't going to give thanks to him if we don't remember all that he has and has done and his bless- how he's blessing us and extending his love towards us currently. It's in the remembering of all that God has done for us that we are made thankful people. And we aren't going to sing praises to him and tell of his wondrous works if we don't remember why he's worthy of praise. And if we don't remember all that he has done for us and all that he's doing for us and all that he will do for us in the future, we aren't going to seek the Lord and his strength and presence if we don't remember that we are absolutely dependent on him for everything. And that he loved us so much that he took on flesh and blood and dwelt among us in Jesus Christ just so that he could be with us and empathize with us, and live, and die, and rise for us. You see, there is transformative power in remembering, as verse 5 says, the wondrous works he has done. Which is why the psalmist proceeds to retell the story of Israel from the beginning of God making a covenant with Abraham, and beginning in verses 8 and 9, all the way to God's faithfulness to bring Israel into the land of promise in verses 43 to 44. Now, notice in verse 45 why God was so faithful to his promise. Here's why God was so faithful. It was so that we could, notice verse 45, keep his statutes and observe his laws. He was faithful to God's people, is faithful to God's people, so that we could keep his statutes and observe his laws. In other words, God's steadfast, faithful love was extended to his people so that they could experience life as it was intended to be experienced, to be fully human under the loving care and leadership of God. So here's a question for us. How did God's people do? How'd they do? Did they remember all that God has done for them? Did they live under the constant reminder so that their hearts would be filled continually with gratitude and joy for all that he had done for them? And in response, experience the life that is really life? Is that how it went with them? Is that how it goes with us? Well, let's look now at Psalm 106 and see really the devastating result of not remembering his wondrous works 
and his steadfast love. Look at Psalm 106, verses 6 through 7. Let's read that together. Both we and our fathers have sinned. That's how it went. And that's how it goes. We've committed iniquity. We have done wickedness. Our fathers, when they were in Egypt, look at this, notice, did not consider your wondrous works. They did not, here's the word, remember. They did not remember the abundance of your steadfast love, but rather rebelled by the sea at the Red Sea. So again, did you see it? What did it say? Verse 6, both we and our fathers sinned. That's how we responded to God's steadfast love and faithfulness. We sinned. We've committed iniquity. We've done wickedness. And where did all that start? Well, it began, verse 7, with our fathers when they were in Egypt. They did not, notice, did not consider, did not think about, did not meditate on God's wondrous works. In verse 7 again, they did not remember, they didn't call to remembrance the abundance of your steadfast love. And what kind of effect did that lack of remembrance of God's people have on their lives? See, this is where you really see the power of meditating on the love of God and meditating on the truth of who he is and who he is, uh, what he is really like as revealed to us in his word and most clearly in Jesus. That kind of thinking, that kind of remembrance, that kind of meditation on has the power to transform us. So what effect did their lack of remembrance have on their lives? Well, look over again in Psalm 106. Look at verses 34 to 39. Let's read them together. Verses 34 to 39. They did not destroy the peoples as the Lord commanded them, but they mixed with the nations and learned to do as they did. They served their idols, which became a snare to them. They sacrificed their sons and their daughters to demons. They poured out innocent blood, the blood of their sons and their daughters, whom they sacrificed to the idols of Canaan. And the land, look at that, the land was polluted with blood. Thus they became unclean by their acts. And this is pretty strong language. Played the whore in their deeds. So again, what effect did their lack of remembering God's steadfast love and his wondrous works do? What, what did it do to them as a people? Well, verse 36 says they became just like the nations around them. They, know, they were no longer the salt and light that God had called them to be. They were no, no longer the people who, who were seeing themselves as God's way of blessing the world. They were just acting like everybody else around them. Verses 37, 38. They sacrificed their children to idols. And the author of the psalm goes so far as to say, actually, it was to demons. And we know that's to be true from uh, Paul's writing in the New Testament that when offerings were offered to idols. It was actually two demons. Here they are as God's people called to be salt and light in the world, to be a blessing to the world. And they're literally offering their children as sacrifices to demons. That's how far this can go. Verse 39, uh, they became unclean and it says they played 
the whore. They were unfaithful to the God who had saved them, unfaithful to the God who had delivered them over and over and over again. They were easily seduced by the world to the point of turning their backs on God and worshiping false idols and sacrificing their own children because they didn't, again, as verse 7 told us, consider the wondrous works of God and they did not remember the abundance of his steadfast love. God's image bearers, God's people, who were called to represent him to the nations, acted in subhuman ways. And it all began with a failure to remember. Now, what about us? What might God be saying to us today through his word? Let me give you just two things. One, we need to remember and tell others of God's steadfast love and wondrous works. We need to remember and tell others of God's steadfast love and wondrous works for our own joy and the good and joy of the world. Again, notice Psalm 106.7. Our fathers, when they were in Egypt, did not consider your wondrous works. They did not remember the abundance of your steadfast love. And that lack of remembering led to devastation among the people of God. And it also led to devastation in the world because Israel was not fulfilling its calling to be a blessing to the world. And the same is true of us. We will not experience the kind of life that Jesus came to give us if we're not remembering and being transformed by the steadfast love of God most clearly revealed to us in Jesus. And if we aren't remembering God's goodness and love towards us, we surely won't be um, telling others about it. Remember the command in Psalm 105, verses 1 and 2. Make known his deeds among the peoples. It's, it's not just about talking about it within the church. It's, it's supposed to go out. It's supposed to hit the streets through his people. But there's no way we're going to do that if we're not remembering his love, if we're not remembering his faithfulness. He says, sing to him, sing praises to him. And notice again, tell of his wondrous works. That's part of our calling as the people of God, to tell others of his wondrous works. God's love is not just for us. It's also for the world. So the question is, are you sharing that love? Are you telling others of the steadfast love of God and of his wondrous works? Not if you're, you're not remembering and dwelling on and meditating on his love for you. So questions. How much time do you spend meditating and dwelling on God's word on a daily basis? Why does that matter? Why is that so important? Because this is where we are reminded over and over again of who God is and what he has done. If scripture reading and meditation is not a regular part of your daily routine, your remembrance of his steadfast love and wondrous works will slowly fade away. And so will your love for him 
and so will your love for your neighbor. Number two, here's, here's some good news. When we fail to remember, God never will. You might want to write that down. When we fail to remember, God never will. This is the good news of Psalms 105 and 106. Over and over again, we forget all that God has done for us. We forget his steadfast love. We forget his grace towards us. We forget the promises that we have made to him. But praise God, he never forgets his promises to us. His love for us never diminishes based on our poor performance. Isn't that good news? And his love never grows towards us because of our good performance. He can never love us any less and love us any more than he does right here and right now in Christ. Notice how the psalmist speaks of God, God always remembering in Psalm 105, he talks about it twice, verse 8, then verse 42. Verse 8, he remembers his covenant, what's the next word, verse 8? Forever. He remembers his covenant forever. He's never going to forget the covenant, the promise he has made with his people to love and care for. Verse 42, he remembered his holy promise. So when we forget, the good news is God never does. We see it once in Psalm 106 in verses 44 and 45. Nevertheless, he took upon their, he looked upon their distress. And when he heard their cry, for their sake, notice this, for their sake, he remembered. Even though they were forgetting him, not remembering him, he remembered what? His covenant, his promise and relented according to the abundance of his steadfast love. The, the Hebrew word here for remember is really, really important. It's not exactly the same as our English word. It has to do with much more than just mental recall of things that we've forgotten. In this case, it means to act upon a previous commitment to a covenant partner. That's what the word here, remember, means, to act upon a previous commitment to a covenant partner. See, it has to do with aligning, with one, aligning one's actions with one's words. It has to do with faithfulness of character. And that's who God is. And that's how God is when even we forget to remember. So why does God remember? Why does God save us in spite of ourselves? Listen to Psalm 106, verses 8 and 45. Yet he saved them for his name's sake, verse 8, to make his mighty power known. Then verse 45, for their sake he remembered his covenant and out of his great love he relented. Hear that. Let that just wash over your heart and your mind today. Out of his great love he relented. So why does God remember? He remembers and is faithful to his promise because he loves his forgetful people and he delights in showing us mercy for our sake. He remembers us. That's the love of God. And uh, speaking of God's love, Jonathan Edwards described it this way. 
is beautiful. God's love is an ocean without shores and without bottom. Isn't that amazing? Listen to that again. God's love is an ocean without shores and without bottom, meaning there are no limits to God's love for his covenant people. So if you're hearing this and and thinking, cool, awesome, I I can continue to forget God and live however I want to live and he has to forgive me and love me no matter what. Listen, if you are thinking like that, you are really missing the point. And honestly, I'm worried for your soul. God's love and faithfulness, rightly understood, does not lead us to rebellion. It does not lead us to sin. Rightly understood, God's love and faithfulness towards undeserving people causes us to love him more and desire to love our neighbor as ourselves. Listen to the words of the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 through 15, as he talks about this. For the love of Christ controls us. Uh, Some translations say compels us, guides us, directs us. For the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this. That one had died for all. That's Jesus. Therefore, all have died. All who are in Christ have died to their own way and they're in Christ. And he died for all that those who live, those who live in Christ, put their faith and trust in Christ, Those who live might no longer, listen to this, might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. So may you be more and more compelled and controlled by the love of Jesus for your own joy and the good of the world. Let's pray together. Father God, we are amazed today by your love, your steadfast love and your wondrous works. God, once again, forgive us of our forgetfulness. Forgive us for not constantly just being reminded over and over and over through your word and through our life that you are so good to us, that you love us, that you have done wondrous works, not just in our lives, but in history, God. God, forgive us for forgetting and letting that lack of remembering lead to lives that don't bring you honor and don't bring you glory. And so God, would you transform our hearts and minds. God, make us a grateful people as we remember all that you have done for us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. The following audio is from Park Church in Denver, Colorado. More information about Park Church is available online at parkchurchdenver.org.